0: hey what's up people welcome back to the over eight minutes podcast with me sam matthews this time we all will be on our best behavior we're going to to stand up dress properly look the part we've got the chairman of saint mirren football club joining us today he has graciously taken time out of his very busy day it was very hard to get a hold of, but he was so worth the wait. John Needham, welcome to the podcast, sir. How are you?
1: I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, Um had a busy day throughout the club today. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful evening and happy to be talking to you.
0: I'm happy that you managed to come on. I thought it was, I've spent, as I was telling you before we came on air, I've spent so long messaging footballers. My phone looks like a 15-year-old's Tinder at the moment literally nothing going on and then you were gracious enough to reply and go yep I'll oh, come on i'll give you my time and i thought it was my friends on the wind up i thought one of my friends had changed his profile picture so i'm happy that you decided to come on always am any
1: chance to promote the club and um what we're trying to do i'm i'm always up for it
0: and obviously your dad did work for me so you know <laughs> <laughs> i know it always it always helps when you can ring in your old man to talk, pull a few favors for you well, we'll get started with the essentials. I've abandoned the quick fires. We're going to the quick three now. So I always start off with what is one piece of sporting memorabilia that you wish you could have hanging on your wall? Yeah, well, this was
1: uh I would say for me it would be Pelley's jersey. A jersey worn by the world famous Pelley. Um because when I was a youngster, he was he was it. Um and you know, he was the most Amazing player. So yeah, a jersey that worn by the great Pelle would be would be for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think that would look out of place in any hall of fame. I think that would go well on any wall. So secondly, what is the favourite piece of sports memorabilia or kit you've ever owned personally that calls back to your memory? Um well I've got a
1: newspaper um from the first time when, well when St. Mern won the cup in 1959. So I've actually got the Evening Citizen um, from Glasgow for that particular evening, um, which is very fragile. It's in a poly bag in a in a box, um, uh, but I, it's a very much a treasured uh, heirloom because my dad was at the game um, and he gave me the newspaper. So you know that's and it's. Simon, I've only won the Scottish Cup three times, so that was one of those three times. So uh, that's that's a bit special for me, and um, certainly wouldn't I wouldn't sell it or give it away to anyone
0: Um, that's it that's it i never thought you would say newspaper in a million years but the way you described it there i think that trumps anything i've had so far i've had people mention commonwealth gold medals winning kit but the fact you go dad was at the game brought it back i think that trump i generally think that trumps it
1: Uh, there's actually a sort of slightly funny story attached to it because my dad was at the game that night and um this was before he had married my mother Um, and he was due to meet her on a date that evening Um, but he got absolutely soaked getting back to Paisley now I don't know if it was soaked inside or outside but anyway um, (laughs) he he, he failed to turn up for the date and this was obviously the time before phones and all that sort of stuff so he he turned up at my mother's house on the Sunday (laughs) acting as if nothing had gone wrong at all and he was sent packing so it, it, the the marriage almost never happens as a consequence of that cup final day. So I, I might not have been here um, if I didn't make up and uh, you know and actually get together afterwards.
0: Yeah. So basically, basically, your mother had the patience of a saint, and that paper is the biggest what if in the Needham family history tree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, quite, <laughs> that's quite a fun, yeah. <laughs> Well, and lastly, the iconic question that I regret putting in the intro, because all my mates keep making me put it in now, so when I get credible people like yourself on, I now always ask you, would you prefer a bourbon or a custard cream? Uh, definitely a bourbon. Yeah, bourbon for me. Chocolate, trumps, custard, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So I want to go dive into headfirst. Obviously, we're going to talk about St Mirren, all of the great things the club's doing. But I want to talk about yourself personally and your background in sport. So... Where did your love for football come from? Was it child or was it a game on a Saturday?
1: And sort of cried at the, at the window as he, he went off to the football. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to go um, until I was age five. Um, so as soon as I was five, then that was when I started watching St so, um So that's a long time ago, 56 years ago now, <laughs> almost. And uh, yeah, I've been watching them ever since. So, you know, that, that was really... And I was hooked from the very first moment. The the first year I watched, Superman, they they ran away with the Scottish Second Division that year, scoring a hundred goals and conceding twenty three, um, uh, which is I think is still a record to this day. So yeah, so I couldn't couldn't go couldn't walk away after that.
0: Uh, that that would get you hooked five 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 one on every game aggregate. I'd take that. <laughs> yeah yeah, fantastic. Right. That's amazing. So, wait, did you play sport when you were young? I assume the bug was infectious and it took you from in the stands to on the turf as well.
1: Yeah, I I, um, I always enjoyed playing football. I was never very good. My brothers, I've got three brothers, and two of them were always much better than me. I was, the uh, as the oldest, uh, I was a bit of a disappointment, I think, to my dad, isn't it, that I didn't become a footballer. But, um, uh, and a. But I'm a musician, so that's more my the thing that I excel at. If you like, um, I play the cornet um, and still to this day. So you know, I've done a lot. I played in the Royal Albert Hall, I think sixteen times. Um, that's my musical good. side of things. So um, yeah. So I I was always sort of putting goals when I was young because I really wasn't very good at football. Um, but I still play five sides to this day, to be honest. But you know, so I
0: love it. But um, it's it's i'm a very enthusiastic um, amateur <laughs> uh, it sounds like you've got it sort of there you you're preaching to the choir there about the oldest and not necessarily being the best you had the sense to go and do something different i just kept moving sports and my brothers followed me and got better at that so at least you had the sense to go i'll just yeah. go play in the royal albert hall i really like how you snuck it in there as i like i play music i do a bit royal albert hall every now and again when i've got the time <laughs> Yeah. I like that. that's, a, that's a lovely one what, yeah. what we call uh, in the industry a big. humble flex i like that <laughs> yeah do you remember your first team like do you still keep any memories from that going back to the memorabilia sort of things do you still have like the first do you remember the first kit you wore like the under sixes or whatever it was
1: yeah well i again because um because i wasn't very good i got a goalie jersey so it was, i can still <laughs> remember it to this day. it was bright red it was the thickest thing you could ever imagine it's none of these technical um, fabrics that you have these days. So maybe it was thick cotton and it was made by the local sports shop who supplied St Mirren at the time with their kits. So, so yeah, it was a, a bright red, very thick jersey that I wore for years and years and years. Because um, I think it was huge when it was bought for me. You know, in those days, um, you know, things had to last much longer than... And the uh, things today so yeah i think it was built for growth and um, so i wore that for years um, and i used to i used to enjoy playing in goals i throwing myself about in the mud you know it was, it was always good fun so i want to go
0: and so yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna jump a bit ahead now after the the cornet playing and, and the goalkeeper gloves being tilted and go by the younger brothers so becoming the chairman of a football club that is me that is like the be all and end all you've probably heard the football manager that's like the way every kid lives his dream right now managing his football club you went the full step <laughs> up and just went i'm going straight to the top how does how do you become a chair what is the criteria for going i qualify as chairman here is there like a yeah, brief set of well, five well, skills you'd be looking at on linkedin to go oh, that's chairman right there
1: <laughs> no i mean um, when I retired from sort of full-time work five years ago, I, I, I did want to do some, you know, some non-exec type work, which I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the opportunity came up, it was about two years ago. So it, it's a bit different with Simon because we are 51% fan owned. So, mm-hmm, you know, pretty. it's not, I'm not the chairman. I'm not one, of the, I'm not a Roman Abramovich type chairman. <laughs> who's, but the the way it works with Simon was... Um, because the fan takeover was being teed up they were looking for a director Um so as part of the deal they were going to have four directors on the board there's another significant shareholder a, a care organization called kibble they've got 27 percent and then the rest is mm-hmm. owned by lots of different people and um so they were looking to recruit a director and when i i had been a member of the supporters association for for you know since it was established in order to try and buy the club and um, I had paid my paid my dues if you like so I had the opportunity to apply to become a director and I did that and was successful in that um, and that was uh, so this is 20 uh, that would be sort of summer of 2020 and um, so I joined the board then and really that for me was just amazing you know I, I, I had never anticipated becoming the chairman at that stage Uh, For me, that was kind of, I had reached nirvana just becoming a director of the club (laughs) that I'd supported for, you know, 50-odd years. Um, But then the then chairman, uh, Gordon Scott, decided that once he had handed over, he just felt that really it was the time to have a new chair um, uh, at that stage uh, because he he felt once he'd sold his shares to the supporters, then, you know, that should pass across. And the supporters association... Decided that, you know, they thought I would be uh, the best candidate. And uh, so Gordon nominated me and, and that was then just carried through at the board meeting. Um, so it was it was as simple as that, really. Um, I never thought I would be the chair. I never really sought to become the chair. But, um, you know, that's that's what's happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely honoured uh, to do it. And it's, you know, it's a fantastic thing for me. My dad's, who's still alive and still drives, best part of a hundred miles to come to games um, each way uh, from Stranraer to Paisley. He's, you know, he's he's hugely proud of it as well, you know. So it's it's it just was a bit of serendipity, and and here I am, you know. So um, wow. and, and enjoying most most aspects of it. There's there's, <laughs> there's certain aspects of it. are a lot more onerous than than perhaps i anticipated but uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's fascinating um and and since i became chair we've had to change our manager change our chief exec um uh, because of well jim goodwin the manager went off to aberdeen so we had to recruit a new manager and then uh, the chief exec retired and we've had to recruit a new so there's been a lot going on in the past uh, past nine months or so since I became the chair
0: so you got you got all the fun jobs right from the off did you
1: well yeah it certainly <laughs> seems to have happened that way um but it, it is absolutely fascinating and you know getting the chance to meet and um, the backroom team and the team manager and players and all that sort of stuff is just it's it's the stuff of boyhood dreams really um so you know I'm, I'm delighted to be involved and as long as I'm adding some value and people want me to be there then you know I'm very happy to to help.
0: I was I was about to say the exact same thing that I was going to avoid the boyhood dream cliche but like you said just not only that but in a fan majority fan-owned club as well getting that nod of approval you know from the former chair in the supporters association how do those feelings actually mix up you know when you hear you've been nominated and put forward or I still, I still love the thought of you sat on the, in, in the, what's the word, in the terraces with the scarf on, and somebody goes, "Do you want a shot of running this?" And you're kind of like halfway through sipping a bowl from, looking around, going, "Me? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a mixture of kind of almost incredulity, really, and excitement, and, and I, I think also, you know. You go through a bit of a cycle. It's like one of these um, learning curves, you know. You then begin to say, "Well, actually, am I am I up to the task as well?" <laughs> you know. Um, so, so there was lots of emotions, um, and whilst the board of the supporters association had recommended me, it still had to go through a vote of all the members. Um, so, you know, I, I, so there was there were various hurdles to get across and get over, um, and um, but you know having done all that then you know i'm giving it my best shot and we'll see how we i'll be judged in in history i guess um in due course whether i was a good chairman or not a good chairman but uh, it's certainly it's it's really uh it's as i said an honor and you know i
0: i am thoroughly enjoying it well from as an outside man looking in it looks like you're doing a good job it's a very very prosperous club i'm impressed so you've got my vote of confidence if you ever need it <laughs> That's, that's the vote everybody wants, the vote of some kid who's just trying to make a podcast. So I want to talk more about the duties of a chairman and, like, the day-to-day running of your job, if you don't mind exposing the trade secrets a little bit every... Not not the full works, but the little parts. Yeah, so sure. Is it, are you are you very, like, hands-on? Is it a very hands-on role, or is it more a sort of, I, I know when to delegate and step back because there's people that are better at the actual nitty-gritty of specific tasks, or...
1: Yeah, no, I'd, I, I, um, I'm. It's it's a balance that needs to be struck on that. So I mean, it's not a full time job. I, I'd spend usually a full day at the club every week, and then I do work remotely, you know, email and calls and and Zoom uh, meetings and the like in, in between. So it probably takes you know, it's, it's very much a part time role, but. As I say, we have a chief operating officer who basically runs the club day to day, and then obviously mm. on the football side of things, you've got the team managers running the football side, the first team squad. We've got an academy director who runs the uh, youth academy. Um, so all of these people, I mean, they're they're employed to do their roles. Uh, my job is really to try and make sure that the things that sort of comes together that we they're properly supported from the board and we on the board we've all got areas of kind of responsibility that we help try and use the skills that we bring from industry you know into the club so we've got a guy who's for example very uh, involved in, in in property development and so forth he, you know he had his own building company so he he looks after the kind of infrastructure side of things we've got another guy who was a financial advisor he's involved in the uh, the um sort of trying to bring more commercial uh, income into the club sponsorship and that type of thing um, one of our directors actually was a professional footballer so he liaises more closely on the football side of things so so we have you know individual responsibilities and then obviously as a board we come together um every month and sit down and try and look at strategy progress where we're up to um But it's a very fickle business. Um, It's not like, I mean, as you know, I worked in uh, a bank for almost 40 years, which is a completely different business. Um, (laughs) Football is so fickle, it depends so much on results. I mean, it'd be the same in any sport. It's not just football. Rugby would be exactly the same. And if you're on a good run, everything seems to be going well. And then if you're not on a good run, then you know the the the, the uh, Twitter comments and the uh, <laughs> uh, and stuff on Facebook seems to become much more pointed and questioning whether things need to change and you know, so it's 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 a bit of a roller coaster um, and uh, you know as a fan I always realised that but it's it's like times a hundred when you're when you're on the board or when you're the chair
0: I was going I was going to put that question in later but you've mentioned it nicely is there such a difference to watching the team on a Saturday now as chair as it was because there's still the fan element for yourself, but does, like the other thoughts are creeping back around going, Oh god, or like the next meeting's gonna be really tough after this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it, <laughs> it really is quite different. Uh, the sense of responsibility and but but in some ways well in not in some ways you're totally powerless as to what happens on the field. You know, once yeah. You'll, you'll have heard managers saying once the team crossed the white line there's nothing really i can do kind of thing uh, and it's even more the case when you're another step you know further removed so uh, yeah you definitely feel a pressure um, uh, for the team to be successful and uh, yeah because you've got some insight and knowledge of what's going on and some of the stuff that's maybe not public knowledge and player fitness or player happiness or whatever you know you, you've got all that churning around as well so yeah it's it, it's and you can't shout at the top of your voice and scream the way that you would as a fan <laughs> either you've got to a degree <laughs> of decorum which um, uh, can be quite a challenge sometimes you know when you're really frustrated about something so
0: but yeah i think, I I think, think as a boy we they let you off every now and again <laughs> just every once yeah, in a while yeah well oh, that's that's Johnny's yeah, absolutely time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off there. I, I
1: will it. always, no matter what happens, Sam. I will always be a fan. So you know, uh, that's just, uh, that's the way it is. And you know, you sometimes you just can't help yourself, but you know, shout out, uh, uh, you know, when something happens, you know, like claim for penalty kicks and you know that kind of stuff. It just, it's, <laughs> it's just in you. So as long as, yeah, as I, long I as I'm not you'd well, do a better a real... job than
0: i would you'd do a better job than i would i'll tell you that for free i can't even watch it on the telly uh, yeah
1: sometimes <laughs> sometimes
0: <laughs> have you ever caught your old like is does your old man manage to get near you like where you are on the game day have you managed to get your old man a ticket sort of nearby or
1: no he his preferred seat is directly opposite um which is probably <laughs> quite a good I think, I think he would give me a bit of earache um, at times, you know, when things are not going so well. So, no, he yes, sits directly opposite us, so um, uh, there's no uh, no, not much interaction um, really uh, on match day, apart from messages. My brothers are, you know, constantly messaging me, you know, during games, because as I said earlier, I've got three brothers, all fans. Um, my nephew's a fan, my daughter's a fan, you know, so we have there's always a lot of activity on whatsapp and so forth um bemoaning <laughs> the the form of the team at times or or <laughs> celebrating when we, when we get a great, great result or a, a good goal or whatever
0: yeah i love the thought of your family do you ever get the uh, now we're coming into summer probably quite a fitting time Do you ever got the whatsapp chat where that where the dad or the brothers go I hear this lad's available, (laughs) do something about it? Or do you have to just sort of phone upside down and pretend
1: you didn't get that one? No, to be fair, they don't really often propose players. They're just maybe critical of (laughs) of certain ones that we have. You know, you need to get rid of so-and-so or, or, uh, you know, so-and-so needs a kick up the backside. He's not playing as well as he could do. And, And then the manager's playing them out of position and, why have you not brought in a substitute and, you know, all the, all the usual stuff,
0: but you know, everybody's a manager, John. everybody's I mean, a manager.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> team, team sports, everyone loves because there are so many aspects where you can take an opinion and, you know, express your opinion on it. So it's, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all just crazy fans. That's it.
0: But that's that's do you know that's what everybody every fan will want to see. That is the smile that you talked about there when you're sat at the game and you're wanting to call for the penalty when you can. Like that's, to me, that speaks volumes. That's what I would want to see from a football board chair. Anybody, like it's what you want to see. You want to see people that care about the club. So I I have a lot of time and respect for that. So kudos to you for that one. So back into the the day to day running and your position in the club. Would you say you're the the conventional off season? I know there's not much of an off season football anymore because especially in the bigger leagues they send them around the world to play forty games. But would you say the off the conventional off season is probably busier for you than the regular season, as the board and the backroom team? Yeah.
1: Um, I would say it's just different. I don't think it's less busy. So at the moment, obviously. We're, well, and the players are all away in holiday, so you know the season's just finished, and, the, and most of the guys are away on holiday. That, um, but the manager and you know Stephen's relatively new to the club. We we appointed him in February, um, mm-hmm. so he's still he's basically recruiting players, signing players, um, sort of wheeling and dealing in the transfer market. So there's there's quite a lot of stuff happening. Also, it's the end of our financial year, so you know there's there's stuff to to do around that and uh, budgeting for next year and trying to drive more income into the club so that we can you know we can maintain the best possible team in the park. So there's mm-hmm. there's there's always stuff to do. It's just a bit different at this time of year. You know the cycles. This part of the cycle is just a bit different. Um And uh, you know. Uh, For example, I had a meeting today about potentially developing an area uh, at the stadium uh, to try and generate more more income for us. Um, uh, You know, I had a meeting with the Chief Operating Officer talking about, you know, generating more income and uh, the fan survey that we've got underway at the moment, how that was going, season ticket sales. When are our jerseys going to arrive from China, um, for, you know, for next season? Well, hey, we, we have to get so one right here.
0: Happen. We'll have to get a jersey right yeah, here. I want yeah. a signed jersey. I promise it will never it will never come off the clothes hook if there's a signed jersey there. And no. I'll make sure I don't record we'll another see. episode until one's there.
1: We'll see what we can do for you. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, you gentlemen. I'll pay. you know what? I'll cover it. I'll pay for it as well. I'll, you get the signatures. I'll pay for the jersey.
1: All oh, right. Okay. Yeah.
0: You can get John McGinn's on there as well. I, I can
1: certainly good. do that. Oh, <laughs> well, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John. Uh, yeah, and and if he was around, he would do it. He's a really, he's a really great guy. Actually, the, the whole family, the McGinn family, all three brothers came through our academy, um, mm-hmm. and you know um, they've got very strong sentimental connections still. And uh, yeah, lo- three really lovely guys.
0: Are you, are you waiting for that day when he's you wait for that day when he's a bit closer at home and you get like the prodigal son to return and you're just like right well i've got a, i've got a gig for be, like, <laughs> be
1: very happy for him to finish his career with us that's for sure yeah you'd be a no, I'm, gonna label,
0: I'm gonna label that as the exclusive john mcginn promises to retire at the same minute and that will get all the clicks right. resorted that would that would be great yeah yeah uh, well You've heard it here, folks. first folks. John McGinn will finish his career in the same minute in Jersey. Well, I never said that. I said <laughs> I would love to be clear. Just to be clear. <laughs> you'll, come, you'll come back with a horrible Scouse accent from Stephen. That's what will happen. I say Stephen like I know him. Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, from me, from me, Paisley and what else and a bit of scouse thrown that'd in the as would be, probably, be quite, quite a mixture
1: that would be <laughs> if you had all three aspects yeah,
0: yeah you'd, you'd come yeah. with subtitles with that one that would be for sure so i want to talk like you, you touched on it nicely earlier with your your old job obviously in the bank accounting finance all those sort of aspects how does the difference between in a bank like you said the jobs are the same yet so different and i kind of when i was writing down notes for this i didn't really know how to put it into words of what to ask you but i was kind of thinking about the, the public eye aspect of the football that you kind of touched on is you're a job that's so under scrutiny when people know so little about what actually goes on. Like you said, people see 11 boys running around the park and a bunch of boys warming up on the sides and go, this is the be all and end all of this business. And then actually, like you said, there's so many different guys working behind the scenes and it still goes on. What is the key sort of different aspects of it? Like what are the noticeable differences between the new role and the older roles you've worked in? Um, I think the key thing is that you're,
1: you're so inextricably linked to the fan base, um, and their attitudes and their responses and their emotions around the club that, you know, that's there all the time in a bank, you know, frankly, unless you do something terribly wrong, wrong, it's hard to get (laughs) passionate about, you know, as a customer of a bank, you know, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, there are people who tried to tell us over the years that, you know, banking should be exciting. Banking should be, frankly, <laughs> I used to say banking should be totally, totally boring. It's like, you know, it should be like the engine of a Mercedes. It just purrs along and you you shouldn't have to trouble yourself with it. That football or any sport that people care about and, and support. And um, I think that just brings such a different aspect to it. Um, everybody's got opinions. Um, they're not slow to voice those opinions as well, and social <laughs> media now has become such a such a driver of things. So, I think that's the main difference: is that you know everybody's trying to give you advice from the outside, and and uh, and they expect things to happen yesterday because they think you know <laughs> because they play FIFA Football Manager and <laughs> that they are uh, they're <laughs> qualified to, to to be able to advise on on such things. Um, and, you know, a football club like St Mirren, we don't have a big team of people behind the scenes. You know, everything's geared towards getting the team on the park and um, so getting things done that are complicated or changes. Last year we changed our ticketing system um, and, you know, that was a massive uh, exercise for us to actually to do that. Um, uh, and and you know people forget you know that running a project like that is you know actually takes a big chunk of the team's time uh, behind the scenes. So um, and even just launching the season tickets and the, the pricing for the following year, you know, all these things that, you know they're quite they're quite intensive uh, at the time because it's very much in the public eye. If you don't get it right, um, mm-hmm. and pleasingly this year the season ticket exercise has gone really well, and you know although we've had to put prices up. I think we've explained it well um, as to why we've had to do that because we held prices right through all the COVID time when people Mm -hmm. were essentially buying tickets and not getting to see games. So obviously through that that period we held prices um, and we provided free streaming of the games uh, instead. Um, Well, when I say free, uh, that was at no additional cost, if you like. Yeah, the the, the ticket was for the the stream, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So this year, because of inflation, you know, across the board, we always had to to increase prices. And um, normally, I think a ten percent increase would be horrendous, you know, um, for people to accept. But because it was, you know, that was kind of making up for three years, um, it's it's landed pretty well, I think, um, and people seem to be, you know, think it's reasonable. Um, so yeah, it's. It, I think. To go back to your question the big thing is this just everything is under scrutiny all the time everything Mm -hmm. you publish everything you do and the experience of the fans at every single game is 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 up there for comment and and uh,
0: they certainly are not slow to give you feedback (laughs) for sure that's good i I know most people most i work in marketing i know a lot of people crave real-time data so there's probably not a better a better subject than that than a crowd full of people that are going either this is brilliant or this needs to change <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> wow well thank you for, thank you for being so candid about that as well i didn't even plan to mention the tickets but thank you for being so open with that i think the fans will really appreciate you taking taking the time to actually say we're aware we increased it but we think it's fair and obviously no nobody ever likes to pay more money but it, it does become a point where things have to go up so thank you for being so honest to say that on the pod i know a lot of people would have shied away from something like that so so we've spoken about you as the chairman we've spoken about the duties as the chairman i kind of want to talk about what makes football so unique itself we've spoken a lot about what the club's been what the club's done i want to talk about what the club the the business of the club is football so what for you makes football so unique when we compare it to Um, other sports for me,
1: it, it's the sport I was drawn to, first of all. So, you know, I, I think I've always been a fan um, mm-hmm. and my father has. So I think, you know, it's, it's probably kind of handed down from my dad uh, in, in terms of interest in football. I, I just find it's amazing, you know, you go to a game and you, 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 you're totally sucked into what's happening on the pitch. I can feel myself almost kicking the ball at times, you know. <laughs> you know it, it's just it is so immersive the experience um and i think you know football is is was has always been the kind of sport of the working man if you like or the working you know, females obviously uh, mm. as well um and you know i think it's it's you know it's a subject of conversation when you meet up with your mates and you know you're you're talking about the games or meet up with your family it's it, it's just it just draws you in, and um, it's, it's quite hard to actually explain. But I, I, I don't think there's anything else that really makes me, makes my heart race. You know, in terms of something I would watch uh, on TV or anything like that, uh, as much as football. Um, mm-hmm. I played a bit of rugby at school, and you know, I can. Wa- I enjoy watching Scotland games, but. I have to be honest I don't feel quite as passionate as I do about football and I think it's the speed of the game the um the skill um the the unexpected can happen in the, at any moment um in a football match um and it's also it's the controversy aspects and the the opinions mm-hmm. and the debate both during and yeah. and after the game it adds to the whole thing you know so it's yeah, I, I I absolutely love it. As you, as you can tell from yeah. from the description, um, it's it's uh it's my favourite sport by a long chalk.
0: <laughs> well, like you said, that you love it, and it has clearly come through. Now, I've just thought of a nice, really quick question that I'm going to ask you: Would you rather Scotland win the World Cup, which is very possible if the game on Wednesday and Saturday go well, or Saint Mirren Win the win the sdFL oh, it, would, it
1: would undoubtedly be some winning the SPFL Yeah, <laughs> mainly because it's never happened before I, I know Scotland never won the world Cup but um it's yeah it would just be incredible um, highly unlikely I accept um but I you know I've, I've followed siman into Europe you know so anything's mm-hmm. possible anything's possible and you look at <laughs> Down south, Leicester City winning the, the English Premiership. Um, I think breaking the Scottish kind of duopoly of Rangers and Celtic is a bit more challenging right enough. Um you know, just in terms of finance, they have
0: mm-hmm.
1: such an inbuilt advantage. But, you no, know, um, we always hope. And it, what would be even better would be both things happening in the same year, <laughs> Sam. You know, Scotland winning the World Cup and St winning the league. That, I, would, I would die a happy man at that stage. <laughs>
0: I I think I'd be I'd be dead. That's for sure. <laughs> I'd be I'd be I wouldn't be at work. It would be some day. party. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, yeah. That's
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that would be the party to to be all parties.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. that would be a day. How do you think Wednesday's going to go? Do you think the boys have got a good chance? I'm just going to talk football now. You've started me talking about football. I'm not even. Bothered. I to they got the podcast on.
1: Yeah, no, I think they have a good chance on Wednesday. Um, I, I I really admire Steve Clark and the way he sets, he's set the team up, the way he's made them almost like a kind of club team atmosphere. You know, he seems to have created mm-hmm. a real sense of team effort. Um, and, you know, having spoken to Steve, when he, he's an excellent man player, so um, he comes along to games at Paisley, uh, you know, reasonably regularly. and um, and I've spoken to him, and he—he's a really interesting guy. You know, he's very, very straightforward, um, but <laughs> very firm in his views. You know, he really knows his knows his own mind, uh, as you can imagine. And you know, I think he's done a really good job. So, um, I know that probably the whole world will want Ukraine to win, um, just <laughs> because of the the situation in their country, which is just dreadful. Um, but you know, uh, I'm a Scotsman, and I want Scotland to beat them. Um, so you know, I make no apology for that on Wednesday, and I'm, I'm hoping we do scrape through. I think it'll be a very tight game. I can't see, you know, we've played them relatively recently, and there's there's never been that much in the games. So I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a tight one. Probably a, one goal either way.
0: I I completely agree with your sentiment. I think. What's happening is dreadful, but there is 90 minutes on Wednesday, unfortunately, when I do want Scotland to win. We, I, I'll tell you, story, I'm part of this will go out later, so this will be fun when my boss sees this, because we've got, our, our company's technically an English company, so we're the only office in Edinburgh, the other three are Manchester, London, Bournemouth, and we had like a big group call last week, and they were talking about the Scotland qualifier, and they were just like, oh, surely you've got to let Ukraine win, and one of the other Scottish boys piped up, he was like, oh, they've had Eurovision, we're having this one, That's that's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And You know, if it was England, there's, there's no way the English would want uh, to to lie down to Ukraine either. It, it almost feels unfortunate. The timing of the game is really unfortunate, but um, hopefully maybe gives their, their people a, a kind of relief from some of the awful stuff that's going on mm-hmm. in the country, and, and, uh, and we could still win. <laughs> yeah
0: so we're getting towards the very end we've spoken about what st Mirren did what you're doing right now what's the future looking like for st mirin what are your aims as the sort of i know you're not the main be all head or roman abramovich but what's your sort of direction you're looking to push the club
1: well i i mean our, our strategy is very much about community um about really making the club a heart the heart of the paisley community i mean uh, Paisley is the biggest town in Scotland, almost 000, um, a hundred thousand population. So it's a big place, um, and you know the catchment area for the club is is large. Um, so for me, it's about as really being a community club, as really representing the fans' voices and what we do and the way we go about things. Uh, and that's we're doing a consultation exercise with the fans, the first big consultation exercise that we've ever done. Asking Mm -hmm. their views on on uh, uh, how we organise ourselves for Celtic and Rangers games next season, whether we give you know how many seats basically we give them, um, Mm -hmm. because that's a big topic of debate. Um, (laughs) I know my answer. (laughs) (laughs) So we're really trying to engage the fans, and we'll do more more and more of that going forward to try and um, make sure that the club's running away that they they feel proud of the club and, and and it represents the fan base and their values and, and so forth. Um, the other thing is we're quite famous for producing good quality young players. And so over the years, while well, you look at Scotland's squad, there's John McGinn, Kenny McLean, mm-hmm. um, you know, who, who came through St Mirren. Um, and we've produced a-, a lot of good players over the years. Um, maybe mm-hmm. haven't quite got as big transfer fees for them as as we would have liked. So that's an area where we are going to try and um, do better, because that then generates more income, obviously, for reinvestment in the in team. So you know, really getting the academy pushing players through, and we've got we've got you know the current under-17 captain uh, is uh, is on our books still, and Reid as well. So we've got some really good youngsters coming through. So. Again, integrating those into the team and giving them opportunity to flourish, and, and hopefully, I mean, we realise our position in the in the, the football ecosystem. They, you know, they won't stay with us once they get to a certain level, and they'll move on to a bigger uh, side. But you know, we want to be famous for producing youngsters that go on to great things, like John McGinn uh, currently, mm-hmm. um, and in the past, people like Frank McAvaney and Frank McGarvey and. You know, we've, we've produced a lot of great players over the years. Gordon McQueen, going further back, you know. So there's been a lot of, there's a great history there and tradition of of that, and that's mm-hmm. that's an area we're really focusing on to try and make sure that we are maximising the investment we make in our academy um, for that. So, so yeah, it's all about community and also one, um, and we're seeing a lot more females, uh, you know, come into games, which is great. Um And we've we built a. A platform, an accessible platform for disabled people, recently as well, so that they've got a, a fantastic view of the the games, mm. um, and and you know rather than them being sitting on the track or really low down, they're in an elevated position, and we've got an escalator, a a lift that can get them up to there, and so they've got a really good position to watch the games. So encouraging all that sort of thing, and we're looking, you know, at you know things like sensory. Uh, capability within the the stadium as well to see if we can do something there so there's a lot of stuff to really try and make the club represent the community that we serve and 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 make it much more successful uh, uh, as a consequence so that's really it and and trying to attract a lot more younger fans COVID has been very difficult because we haven't been allowed to get the players into schools and youth groups and all that kind of thing so mm-hmm. we're currently looking at reactivating all of that activity um so that you know we can catch them young before they uh, you know they find other other sports other activities that you know get, get their attention so um, we'll be doing a lot of that in the next you know next winter um, to try and uh, you know get more youngsters along and we'll do lots of discounted offers to get them you know in the stadium and hopefully get them hooked <laughs> uh, as I was age five, you know, so because uh, I think if you get them hooked and you know we can be reasonably successful, then we'll have them as fans forever,
0: and um, yeah, she's great. Fa- fans fans bring in other fans, that's what I've learned listening to sports doing this. So, like you said, start them young, they bring their mates, everybody's having a good time. St. Mirren win the SPFL, Scotland win the World Cup, John Needham gets a statue outside the home ed. <laughs> What's not <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, something for the locals to throw their pies at you?
0: <laughs> that, would, that sounds like a weird tradition that you know may well in 50 years may happen or well it's tradition that the John Needham statue gets pelted with pies and we always win 3-0. Yeah, hopefully
1: yeah.
0: hopefully, it's not your statue but it might be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I doubt it but anyway. <laughs> Well, John, thank you so much for all those questions you've answered today. You've given some beautiful insight as to what it's like to actually be involved in the, the upper parts of a football club and how everything runs, and I can't thank you enough for this and your time, but I can't let you leave without answering the iconic question. So you've just had the big club win. We can pretend this is after the SPFL win. Sat in the changing room with all the team, all the staff, everybody's in there. You've got one arm run the trophy, one arm round the team captain, and the captain goes... That's it, my man. You are on tunes. You have to pick three songs to get the team ready for the night out. What three songs are they? All right. Well, there's an obvious one, uh, which is the Skids, uh, "The
1: Saints Are Coming," um, which is uh, you know a favourite of of the fans, <laughs> and yeah, often played at games, at home games. Uh, so yeah, that that would probably be number one. Um, I couldn't not mention oh when the saints which you know is is our tune if you like and i cringe when i hear other teams singing it um, uh, and and not actually having the saints to put into it so so definitely yeah. this, uh, oh when the saints and you know my dad would would never forgive me if i didn't mention that <laughs> and um, then the other one which is usually used to wind up away supporters uh, is is to the tune of cheer up sleepy gene when and uh and it, it kinda goes along the lines of uh and and a very poor football team. Um so uh, you know, so we usually pick one of the the opposing players, prominent players or the manager or whatever and insert insert their name. Um uh, so so whoever we meet in the final uh, game or whoever we pick for pip into second place, I think we would uh, we would probably use their name in that one. So the, the, that that would be
0: three favourites, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and the final song? Uh, I thought I'd give me three. Sorry. I've given oh, you gave three. Me, you, g- you gave me Skids and you gave me Sleepy Jean. And it opened the Saints in between? Oh, right. oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I've missed them. I've put them in the same one. You cut out and put them in the same one. So, you've got the Skids, the Saints are coming. You got oh when the saints go marching in and you got sleepy Jean to wind up whoever you put to the party. Yeah. i love that that's brilliant that's proper yeah, yeah. that's proper football celebrations i love that john yeah. this has been yeah. an so absolute pleasure fun. thank you very much this has been an absolute pleasure how can burden i was well, going to say it's
1: been a pleasure for me I, I can't believe how quickly the time's gone and uh you know i've really enjoyed the chat and um, so it's
0: been uh, good fun. Great. No, thank you. Thank you very much. You've now got a new Saint Mirren fan in me, and that means I'll be bringing all my pals. We'll get ourselves in, get the games going. There's going to be a signed Saint Mirren shirt up there. Come hell or high water, whatever I have to do. And then, where can they? Do you want where? What's the? Where should they go to follow and keep up with the team, Michelle? Should we just get the Saint Mirren Twitter in the bottom? We we'll get the Saint Mirren Instagram. Get everybody there. If you want to, you can certainly follow us on Twitter um, and
1: Facebook and the club website is, is uh, you know, has is, is always been updated as well, um So, yeah, you know, the more the merrier. Anyone who has an interest <laughs> in the club um, uh, or is interested in finding out more, you know, everyone's welcome for sure. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, if, if anyone sees me around at the ground, I'm always saying to people, look, I can't know everyone, but you know, feel free to buttonhole me and come and give me your opinions <laughs> and tell me what you think and give me your suggestions.
0: We're always uh, we're always looking for ways to improve things. You're a brave man, John, for saying that. <laughs> Thank you very much, folks. That is the end of the podcast. Please like, subscribe, follow Saint Mirren through and through. Mon the Saints, they're coming in and they're going to lift the SPFL. Thank you very much, folks. I'll see you again next week for another great episode. Cheerio. Goodbye.